you feel overwhelmed with social media, just too many of them, and just not even sure if it's really making a difference, our next speaker is a social media coach, and she's going to help us understand that it's not too populated, and you can stand out even if there's hundreds or dozens of other industries. Building spirituality, family, health, and business. This is The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant. All right, welcome Giant Builders. I hope you're having a wonderful day. And I know I've said this before, but please click the links below and like us on social media. I've got everything down but TikTok. So don't look for me there. Okay. All right. So today's guest is Lindsay White. Hi, Lindsay. How are you? Hi, Lois. I'm good. How are you? Just great. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what you do? Uh, sure. So I am a social media manager and a coach. Um, so I like to say that I can help from both ends of the spectrum um, in helping entrepreneurs create easy, consistent sales through social media. Great. All right. The social media thing is just overwhelming. It takes <laughs> up a lot of time. I don't know where to go with it. So what tips would you have for a business owner? Like what should they really focus on? So I think the biggest thing that I stress to everybody is don't try to be everywhere. Um, it's so easy when you, and I, I did this too. When I started my business, it was like, okay, sign up for all the social media accounts because you need to be everywhere. Uh, because you know, you want to reach your audience. Right. Um, but the problem is people are stressing or spreading themselves too thin across multiple platforms and trying to keep up and you're not able to put out valuable, really hard selling, helpful content to your audience when you're trying to put it everywhere and apply it to every different algorithm and make sure that it's formatted correctly to every platform. Um, some of my clients that I've been working with recently, we've actually moved them from two to three platforms down to one, just so that they're focused on that platform, they can find success. And then when they're comfortable and feel motivated with their strategy, and that it's like just a part of their daily routine, we can then move them up to other platforms that they want to jump into. But you can find your audience on just one platform and you do not need to be everywhere. All right. So how do you define which platform your audience is at? That is a good question. Um, so there's a couple different ways that you can do it. Um, and it really depends on how niched down your ideal client is. Um, for me, I'm more generic. I don't like to niche down to industries um, because it limits me as a social media manager. Um, and for me, I really just target entrepreneurs that are more small to midsize. And so I can really go on different platforms and get a feel for whether I am going to reach my ideal client or not through specific platforms. And some of it is trial and error. But if you are, say, more of a business that, for example, focuses on women entrepreneurs or Christian women entrepreneurs, you can definitely look into the demographics and see what kind of information you can pull on which platform is more um, more able to have your audience. And so, again, a lot of it is really looking into what the platform can provide for you. 
So for me, I think Facebook is really something that can appeal to everyone. I know everybody says Facebook is dying, but for business owners, it really is not. It's more on the personal side. Um, Facebook has just been around for so long that people are excited in in new platforms. They want to try out TikTok. They want to try out threads. They want to try out like the reels on Instagram. They want to do all these other fun things. Facebook has been the same for however many years it's been around because it's been around for a long time. But for business owners, there is so much out there in terms of groups and other businesses and just entrepreneurs to connect with that you really have quite an opportunity to connect with people. Um, There is really a group out there for everybody. Um, And as long as you can find the groups that appeal to your ideal client and you know that you'll find them in there, you're going to find success in there. Um, And so I think it really depends, like I said, who your ideal client is and where you feel comfortable with too, um, because wherever you feel comfortable with, you're going to show up better. If you don't like showing your face, if you don't like creating funny videos, you're not going to do good on TikTok. It's just not going to happen. And so if you make that your one platform and you're not good at it and you're not putting out content that you enjoy, you're not going to find success. So it's really a combination of finding a platform that you enjoy and looking to make sure that your ideal client is on there. Um, But like I said, Facebook is really, really one that everybody can find anyone on. So that would that would be my recommendation to start. Okay, great. All right. But there's so many of my competition there. How do I get my business to stand out? That's a great question. So the first thing to do is be yourself. There's so many and and I can say it, there are tons of social media managers. Anyone with a phone or laptop and internet connection can become a social media manager. They can call themselves a social media manager. And so I'm well aware of this. There are so many, the industry is just flooded. And yet I I don't think about that at all, really. Um, It's not a worry in my day-to-day marketing because I know that I stand out as myself, A, my personality, but be the way that I look at social media management. So there's different aspects that I pick out that I know are important that I don't really see a lot of other people talking about. So I'm making sure that I talk about those aspects um, and really making sure to emphasize and not hold back who I am. Um, For example, I had a client last year or the year before, and she loved didn't love, well, I can't say she loved or didn't love, but swearing was part of her her vocabulary. Um, And so when I took over her content, when I asked her my my typical questionnaire of like what you're like, and please send me some examples so I can write in her voice, that is what we came up with. And that is what I kept in her content because that's who she is. She didn't try to keep it very grammatically correct or business uh, ethical or anything like that. She was who she was online and the people who wanted or or were like that are who connected with her. And those are the people who are going to be her ideal client and the people that she wants to work with anyways. If she were to kind of be stuck up and grammatically correct and not be anything like herself, she's going to attract people who are not her ideal client and people who she doesn't enjoy working with. And it's not going to be a good relationship anyways. So um, yeah, being yourself is really my biggest tip. 
Um, but also making sure that you use little things like uh, tagging people when you're commenting on a thread that already has 100 plus comments. Always making sure to ask a question to keep a conversation going. Um, always asking if you can send a message. To be honest, if you friend request me and send me a DM without me asking, I'm going to ignore you. Um, it's not a strategy that I or most people like. But asking questions, asking to send a DM, making sure that you're following up with people, those are the ways that you can stand out online um, really, really simply. What are some wrong ideas that people have about social media marketing and how can you help them understand the truth? So there's definitely a lot of wrong ideas that float around on social media. Um, in fact, in my Facebook group, uh, I have two months dedicated to going over social media myths because there's just so many out there that it's hard to know what's the truth and what's not. And for someone who is just a regular business owner or social media user, it's hard for you to know what's right and what's what's not. Um, and so that's kind of why I share this kind of stuff because there's no other resources. But um, most of the time, like, a lot of it has to do with trial and error. So the whole reason that a social media myth comes up is mainly because somebody had a post that did not get the reach that it, they wanted to. They are trying to find a reason as to why, and they are just assuming something. Um, and so then it gets pushed out there. They say, hey, I had a post fail because of this. You should not do that again. And then it just spreads like wildfire. Uh, so some of the things that are like that is, for example, on Instagram, um, a lot of people say you only need to use five to seven hashtags. I'm actually doing a test right now on that. And I'm use I normally use about 30 hashtags, which is the limit. And I'm pushing it down to just a few. And in the few weeks that I've done it, I have actually seen far less reach and engagement on my posts. And so for me, that's probably not the way that I'm going to go. For some people, yes, that does work and that's awesome. But that's the whole benefit of being able to test your content and look at the insights and see how things are performing because you need to do tests for yourself. You shouldn't just take a blanket strategy that everybody says this has worked for me. Everything needs to be individualized. Um, let me think. Is there another, another myth that I can think about off the top of my head. <laughs> oh, I have one. Okay. Um, scheduling tools. Yeah. A lot of people think scheduling tools will reduce the reach of your content. That's what I, I can think. tell you. <laughs> with, That's what I've heard. <laughs> yep. I can tell you as a social media manager of almost a decade with many clients, I would not be able to do my job without scheduling tools. It's impossible. And I do mix up. Sometimes I do um, I do manual posting and sometimes I use scheduling tools. And I can tell you right now, there is no difference. That does not affect your reach. The platforms themselves would not create their own scheduling tools if that was going to affect the reach because then you wouldn't want to use them, right? There's a lot of evidence proving that that's false. But I guarantee, like I said, it was somebody who had a post that did not go well and they blamed it on the scheduling tool. Well, social media changes a lot. How do you keep up with the newest things that are happening on the different platforms? So that is definitely a tough one. And I can't say I have a great answer <laughs> for 
uh, the users uh, and business owners like yourself, because it takes a lot. Um, I, for me, it's my business. I have to keep up to date with all of these things to do that. And so my biggest advice would be find someone who is a valuable resource that you trust and follow what they say. Um, for me, that's everybody in my Facebook group. I try to share as much as I possibly can to keep everyone educated because there's a lot like I, as someone who's been in the world for a decade, I still am taking trainings. I still am doing research. I'm paying attention to the platforms. I follow certain uh, pages of either the CEOs of the platforms or um, the actual platform accounts so that I can stay updated with content that they are pushing out to update everybody else, um, as well as like news articles and just so much. There's so much content out there. Um, to really help educate you on the changes. However, it's a lot. And mm -hmm. if you're spending, if you if you already hate the amount of time you're spending on social media, you're not going to want to do this extra research. So that's why I would suggest finding someone that you trust, that you could follow their advice and learn from them instead of having to do the actual research. All right. So the, earlier you had mentioned um, checking the inside. So there's specific insights that we should be watching? So when it comes to insights, the first one that I always say for everybody to look at is the reach. Because if you are going straight to engagement or straight to comments or straight to like anything else or new followers, anything but insights, you're not getting the whole picture. Because say you had a post yesterday that went out and got 20 comments and 100 likes and just so much engagement that you were excited. But then today's post you got or the day before's post, you got nothing. You got no likes, no comments, and you don't know what the difference is. And so you're just focused on the comments and likes and looking at that information and going into the post and figure out, okay, what did I write here? What did I write here? Was it video? You're diving in before you have the whole picture. Reach will show you whether you even got to see enough people to get that engagement. So if the first day's post that got no engagement had reached maybe 50 people and the post after that reached maybe 200 people, then there you go. The reach is different. And that's what you need to really pay attention to and figure out what pieces that affect the reach really made a difference. So that's when I like for Instagram example, I would go into the hashtags, look if you saw different hashtags, um, any different keywords, maybe the time of the post or whether it was a reel or a photo, because that definitely has a big difference on the reach of your post. So reach would definitely be the most important thing for you to look at. All right. So on Instagram, do you find reels or photos getting more attention these days? Reels definitely get more attention. So on Instagram, a static post, which is just an image or a carousel, only lasts for 24 hours, mm. okay. which means it only is shown to the audience for 24 hours. Carousels are actually a little bit extended because um, carousels, if you don't know this, when you post your carousel, as someone scrolls through their newsfeed, if they don't scroll to the next picture, the next time that they go on their phone and they go to Instagram, your post 
will be at the very top with the second picture. Okay. And Instagram will keep doing that until they have looked at every single picture in your carousel. Yeah. Um, so carousels are very helpful <laughs> with making sure that content extends the reach, um, but posts still are, they don't last as long. Whereas reels can keep being pushed to people for weeks and months after you've posted them. So they are continually generating more reach and more engagement. So a post, I mean, a reel is definitely more valuable than a post. Right. So how often should we be concerned about posting on our different social media? So does it vary based on the social media? Yes, it does. Um, and I, I hesitate because there's there's no hard and fast rule of you should post X amount of times in a week um, to do this and that on each platform. I personally recommend posting no less than three times in a week. Um, and that's because it just is creating that consistency and is keeping you consistent enough that you are still being pushed to your audience and nothing is really giving you enough time to kind of dip down, mm-hmm. right? Um, whereas like two times a week, there's so many days in between there that there's enough time for your account to just like the post to stop working and everything to just kind of like stay stagnant for a little bit before it goes back up. Um, but it really depends per platform. The only platform that doesn't apply to is Pinterest. Pinterest should be pinned to at least every single day, preferably more than that. Pinterest is a beast that you just need to keep feeding. Um, (laughs) That is something that could have like its own topic. There's just so much about Pinterest that is different, um, which is why they call themselves a a search engine other than a social media platform. but that's that's definitely a whole nother topic. But um, personally, I post about seven times a week, not on the weekend. So I post five sales content and two tips throughout Monday through Friday um, just to really push as much as I can to my audience. But I've also worked myself up to this point where I can stay consistent. And this is like part of my regular routine. For somebody starting out, I definitely would suggest Three posts a week, as simple as you can until it's a no-brainer. And then you can slowly increase to the point where you feel comfortable. If you overwhelm yourself from the beginning, you are going to wind up pushing yourself back and you're not going to be able to put out the content that you want. So, all right, where's the boundary between business and personal? So I think that's all what you're comfortable with. Um, personally, I don't like my kids posted all over the internet. And so I don't, I don't share, um, I don't share images of them. I talk about them. I talk about my family. I talk about things that happen because it makes you more personable. And it's, it's what makes me, me, like I, I am a mom. I am a wife. I am a homeowner. I do enjoy different things. Um, and that's something that I have had to learn over the years. When I started my business, I used all stock photos and I didn't want to show pictures of my house. The image that I showed on my website was honestly the complete opposite of what even my office was like. Um, It was like all bright, white, shiny, like very clean. And I live in an old house. Like we have knotty pine walls. My office 
used to be in another room and it was all knotty pine and very like dark. And I was afraid to show those those aspects of me um, until a couple of years ago when I was trying to, I decided like, I want to create my own flat lays. And I was trying so hard to find things in my house that were nice and white and shiny and clean. And I was like, I can't do that. I don't have that kind of stuff. And I took things from my office and I grabbed some, I love antiques. So I've got antique cameras over here and antique sewing stuff. And I put it all together and I made my flat lays and and that was me. And I get compliments on my images now because they're not stock images. They're they're who I am. And so let, I guess what I'm saying is it depends on what you're comfortable with, but weave yourself in. That goes back to earlier um, in the conversation where I said like, the way to stand out is being yourself is the same thing in your content. If you feel comfortable sharing images of your family, do that. Share share anything that you can because that makes you who you are. But to show that it's, it's not necessary, I don't show images of my kids. And yet I still talk about my family life. I show, um, I show pieces of myself and I still get through who I am as a person through my content. Okay, great. All right. Wow, that was a lot of information. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I was on speed dial. <laughs> um, any closing thoughts? Um, really just don't let social media take over who you are. Um, social media can just be a beast, really. It's it's hard to feel like you just need to keep feeding it and feeding it and feeding it, but Really, the best thing to do is start off slow. Start off with what you can manage. Ask yourself, how many posts can I get out? Not how many posts do I want to. How many can I get out this week? Commit to that until a couple of weeks when you feel like I, I've been doing this. I can do this. What can I upgrade to? And slowly work yourself up to a point that maybe you're posting more consistently. Maybe you're posting daily. But Stop wherever it feels good and you're seeing results. And that is really all that matters with social media. You don't need to overwhelm yourself to take yourself away from your business to feed the beast. <laughs> oh, great. All right. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much. That was great information. I'm going to have your contact information below so people can reach out to you. And okay. Giant Builders, hey, you know what? Put your questions below and I will forward them on to Lindsay and we'll share them with you. So you can get your own answers. So <laughs> thanks, Giant Builders. See you next time. Thank you for listening. This has been The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant.